0: Welcome to Side Note. I'm Danny Day. And I'm Nashe. In this episode, we're joined by Professor Nathan Hosanna. Dr. Hosanna is a community organizer and co-founder of the music group Up A Notch. He talks about the environments,
1: music, and relationships that impacted him growing up.
0: He also shares how those early experiences inspired him to pursue a career in engineering and Create Epidemics, an organization which encourages youth to blend their creativity with their academics. Our hope in sharing this conversation
1: is to serve as a reminder of the importance and impact of healthy childhood relationships and support systems.
0: Thanks for joining us.
1: I right away have questions. So, you, so what's your full name that you Nathan. would like to share?
2: My full name is Nathan Hosanna.
1: Nathan Hosanna. Okay, so Hosanna is your last name, right? Isn't That, and cool? that is awesome. So, but you prefer Hosanna? Like, do your friends and family like what? What's the deal?
2: So, my my favorite part of my name is just my last name. I just like the way that it flows. I like the way that it sounds. I like the meaning of it. Um, and I don't really feel like I fit in the category of a Nathan personally. Like, I don't know how, like when I, when I look at my, myself in the mirror, I don't see Nathan looking right back at me. But I do huh. see
1: That's interesting. That's really interesting.
2: You guys feel as if you are one with your names, like your first names or last name?
1: That's, see, that, that's a trick question for me because my <laughs> first name is actually Sylvia. Hmm. My middle name is Nishay. I, I do see. feel at one with Nache. I often in work settings and school settings I end up being called Sylvia because that's the first name and like hmm. the way our system is set up is you go by your first name because that's what we got in the system, right? right. Mm-hmm. Um, but my friends and family call me Nishay. So when somebody calls me Sylvia, I know that's me that they're talking to, but it doesn't land. Right. So I can totally, that's why I had to go there with the name. I was like, well, hold <laughs> up now, because I, I completely relate to that, you know, mm-hmm. um, having a name that doesn't necessarily, and it's also the meanings, the meaning of your name, the meaning of Sylvia is like maiden of the woods, it can be interpreted to frog, you know, <laughs> frog. sorry, Danielle. <laughs> <I'm a frog. laughs> Danielle hates frogs. But, terrified. Uh, she's completely terrified of frogs. But my middle name means Christmas present. Mm. So um, I feel like I'm a gift.
2: <laughs> so You're welcome. Speaking of gifts. You're welcome. Uh, so, speaking of the idea of gift, the, the name Nathan means gift. So, if you actually tie a gift. Into Hosanna, which is like a praise, so it's as if it means a gift of praise. So I like the translation of my whole name, but uh-huh. the name Nathan, I don't really care for it too much. But I have seen um, variations of that name, like Natiyo. I like that name,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I've heard like a lot of Ethiopians with that name. I think that
1: name—that's really cool. Like See, ni- okay, so Niche in French is like Niche which mm. is like nest, eggs nest, or a, a, a hiding place. So yeah, I, I love name meanings, and I think that you should I just call it. yourself the gift, and the gift the gift Hosanna. I think Nathan be- is a dope name. I do. Well, I, I do too, it's a strong name. It's like good, it is. it's nothing like, it's it is. strong. You, yeah. you know a Nathan, you know somebody that's about something.
0: It's a good name, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. That's interesting <laughs> though the idea of names like I've always loved my name my mom I, I guess because I know the effort she put into it mm-hmm. but I like the meaning only God can judge me and I feel like that's my personality anyway so mm-hmm. I, was like, <laughs> much. I was like yeah like, love it or hate it but and I feel like it? I feel like Danielle always felt like a match for me yeah. Danielle Nicole and Nicole is victory of her people, so, you know, And Okay. <laughs> victory of her people, so that's a cool I didn't name. know that. That's awesome. awesome. Mm-hmm. And Watson, I don't know what Watson means. I'm attached to it because it's my daddy's name, you know? The child uh, of voltage? <laughs> Probably, maybe. <laughs> Electric, yeah. Nathan. Yes, yes. So awesome. good to have you here. You've accomplished a lot of things. You do a lot of things in the community. And we recently had a conversation where I was freaking out over my <laughs> oldest son in like school, and it was just cool how easily you were able to kind of just speak to things and I thought it would be cool if we could kind of pick your brains a little bit, get to know you and how you came to be where you are
2: all right i'm all I'm all for it, and by the way, you guys are getting getting me post braid out so just want to flourish for you guys, you know Listen, be you are natural
0: self <laughs> I can't wait until my Look, when it's I coming. get to your level I will be so happy You've I'm been here here. I, I have, but I need to be back Because it's winter now And when I have a, a beanie on And like a puff jacket I look like one of my sons <laughs> <you know>? like, <laughs> I look like one of them I got chucks on And like a big old jacket and I look like a little it boy. Is so. what it is Yeah, but you're not. totally not a little boy. So there's something we do. It's called first thoughts, where we kind of give a word, and you give whatever thought you have around that word. Mm-hmm. So spirituality
1: malleable. Mm. Good word. Okay, let's just stop right there because because that's not like an everyday vocabulary. Okay. SAT word, okay? No. Right, so
2: <laughs> malleable means subject to adaptation or able to be molded in some type of way. And so in the context of spirituality, I think that um, there are, are many ways to, number one, find your spirit. And then there are also ways to, express your spirituality that that differs. So, you know, through the course of our lifetimes, we constantly search for different things. Depending on the individual you are, you are focused on a particular thing. You, nishay your maneuver may be slightly different or vastly different from um, Danielle's and mine. But even in your own progression, you, change how you, you think about you think about things differently from one stage to the next right. and I think that spirituality is like the biggest example of that for a lot of people I know mm-hmm. from my own pathway it has been that way and so that's why the word malleable comes to mind being someone who grew up and my mother was a Jehovah's Witness and you know going door to door and all of that and that not necessarily vibing with me Mm-hmm. Um, thinking about vibrations in the universe, and then going into the idea of different religions as well. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of different components to this thing that we call spirituality.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. As you mature, no matter what what spirituality path you choose, your your life experiences are going to affect that as well. Absolutely. So, yeah,
0: I I totally am down with that. All right. That was a good word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wasn't expecting it, but I should (laughs) have. Mr. Jose. Should have expected it. From the (laughs) Jose. I should have. Success. Um,
2: Unexpected. Mm. Um, The reason that I say success is unexpected is because a lot of people think that there is a particular stopping point for success. But I find that many of the people that I've had conversations with about success, the success is after the fact, somewhere way down the line that they didn't even know that they had passed. Mm. Right? And so they had unexpectedly crossed that finish line, but they kept running like Forrest Gump and never stopped.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sorry. <laughs> We literally <laughs> just did a recording where the ter- the Force Gump came up in a totally different context, but
2: thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to, to laughter, so let's do
1: this.
0: <laughs> yes, awesome. That we do a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, together. That's um, my crunches for the day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I guess the third one is 2020. Oh, Quinny, Test. Mm, are
1: geez. you passing the test? Oh, God. How are you doing so far? Should I cheat off your answers?
2: <laughs> oh no, we might have individual exams.
1: <laughs> right, oh, all the scantrons are different. Man, look. I feel
2: like I've um, I've definitely learned a lot through the course of taking this particular um, test. Mm. Um, I think that there are still things that I could learn. And you know, there are about what twenty one twenty days left for the exam to be over. <laughs> so I'm I don't I'm I'm not taking twenty twenty as I have learned everything that I need to learn from it as of yet, because as you both know, this year has just been full of surprises and
1: mm-hmm.
2: been a lot of Monkey wrenches that got thrown. I don't even like to use the term monkey wrenches. <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot, a lot of Jack Johnson wrenches that have been thrown. Mm-hmm.
1: Come on, <laughs> Jack Johnson wrenches. Got a lot of quick, quick lefts, U turns,
0: exactly, recalculating, all mm-hmm. of the above. Definitely. I'm, I'm hoping that as we see the close of 2020, I'll at least get a C. You know, I'm hoping <laughs> <laughs> at least trying to fast. I'm just trying to pass and get on to 2021 and like make that a great year. But you know, that seems to be the consensus about 2020. It's been intense to say the least, but it's really taught us a lot. And I know that you're, maybe I should, before I go into you teaching and the fact that you're teaching virtual right now, maybe a little bit about where you come from Just a little bit of your story, I mean, is... Please share. All right,
2: so I always like to go to the source. So my parents are from Guyana, which is the one English-speaking country within South America. They traveled separately to England, met over there, had my three brothers and myself, I'm the youngest. So at the age of three... And nine months, we flew, well, I didn't, not we, they flew and brought me with them, right? <laughs> um, to, to the United States, in New York. So in 1983, I, I was introduced to New York City and in the, in the United States of America. Growing up in Queens, my brothers and I, this is during the 80s, so my brothers are great dancing, a lot of graffiti as well. Bombing trains, doing all those wonderful things mm. um, and i'm experiencing it i'm still very young, but i'm experiencing it in particular i' um, being connected to hip hop culture. I meet family members who who i haven't had contact with before right mm. i mean i'm very I'm still very young, but my aunts my uncles everybody was in the United States we were in England so mm. There was a correspondence there I believe some of my uncles and aunts came to see us while I was very young in England but now I'm able to actually remember things I'm able to meet my cousins and play with them and mm-hmm. remember the experiences and just have a different connection Danny you know you know Danon right mm-hmm so he is like is uh, my first cousin um, our mothers of sisters were very close in age and when I came to the United States apparently, he asked me what my name was. I'm heavily tucked in an accent, so I say, <laughs> "Knife in."
0: Knife, knife. Right.
2: <laughs> so he goes around telling everybody my name is Knife In, not <laughs>
0: Knife. Knife
2: <in. laughs> So I have this this um, very short period of my life where with um, being taught to speak a certain way i'm i'm learning a a particular way and then Mm -hmm. i come to the united states new york and it's hip-hop and it's a different energy totally even Mm -hmm. as young as i was you know it's gonna it's obviously gonna have an effect yeah you guys alluded to the to the fact that i use the term malleable use the word malleable earlier which isn't a word that you often hear from people and people often say that I use words that aren't necessarily used, and I think that may be connected to um, some of that early upbringing.
1: Yeah, just as a side note, Danielle often uses words that I have to reach for the dictionary. I knew that (laughs) I knew what malleable meant, but I also understand that not everyone, you know, uses that term on a daily basis. So, yeah, some people just say
0: bendy. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Bending.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Movable.
0: Uh-huh. Changeable. Yep.
1: Yeah. So but it's beautiful. I think it's important because I think that helps the people around you stay motivated, hopefully, to learn more and to, to reach for more. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think it's use a different part of our brain. So I think it's great.
0: Well part of part of your vocabulary I think if if one listens to your music, they can definitely hear it. You you weave words (laughs) in Mm. that like, I would have never thought to put there, you Mm. know? Um, Could you talk a little bit about your, how you kind of got exposed to hip hop culture and then you got into making music yourself?
2: So listening to the music that my brothers were listening to, a lot of hip hop, a lot of freestyle, a lot of house music, and even R and B, soul music. Everything kind of collapsing in in the sense of my mind, trying to figure out what it how it wanted me to react to it. Mm. Um, hmm. And also going to elementary school in New York City, everybody has a mixtape. You know, everybody has a walk. <laughs> everybody is not really trying to pay attention to what's going on in the classroom, but you know, listen to this music, listen to this album, listen to this song, hanging out with people and automatically the soundtrack to our hangouts will be hip hop. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I heard Protect Your Neck by, by Wu-Tang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And, I, and actually, I was the first one to put people onto it because in in my immediate circle, mm. not like Staten Island or anything, you know what I mean. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I mm-hmm. introduced all of Staten Island <laughs> to Wu Tang Clan when I was in eighth grade. <laughs> You're welcome.
2: Now, um, so I was I was um, recording uh, um, a late night radio show. I think it may have been stretching by and that song had been played. So i was like, I just right, ill. So I recorded it, brought the tape to school the next day. It's like, you listen to this. <laughs> like, oh, they're like, who's that? I was like, I don't know that. You know what I mean? You know who so- it is? <laughs> All right. So so. Nobody knew, none none of us exactly knew who the woo um, were. but We knew that we liked what what was happening. So just many of those types of experiences, it being like trading cards and you having a new song and just putting somebody else onto something. Always liking the lyrics and always liking the expression of it. Having this array of words or army of words, if you will, that I had myself, but never that, and I could always write stories, but never really put it in, it was still poetic, but it wasn't a musical form.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, eventually, in high school, I said, you know what? We just try this. Mm-hmm. You know? So I started just putting lyrics together, and they were trash.
0: <laughs> oh, terrible. <laughs> and, I wasn't ready. He said, and they were trash. <laughs> Listen, you're going to have a real... You know what I mean? Gotta fail
2: first. It was... It was Bad business, so
0: <laughs>
2: trash. I love I said, that. I like this, though. Yeah, I like this, and um, I just kept writing and kept writing, and got better and better and better. And <laughs> being on the phone with, with um, with D, I was like, Yo, listen to this. So I spit a and he's like, I said, Oh, who's that? Says so he me. He's like, Get the expletive out of here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, oh,
2: real? He's like, what? yo, I could do that. So he started rhyming. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, he won kind of Steel Sharp and Steel, so he kind of got onto the vibes as well. And um, I just kept at it and just kept trying to be as... First, I was trying to be as lyrical as possible, and then I decided that I, I was unnecessarily alienating people from doing that, and I was just being... I don't know if you guys allow curses on your um, on your platform for this. I will avoid those.
1: <laughs> you, you be free to speak however you need to speak. Free, up. <laughs> I, we have the editing power.
2: Okay. <laughs> I know you know the I O S of the world might be listening. Ah, <laughs> good but, looking up. Um, it was really to alienate people yeah. like, on a subsurface level. Like I wanted to show how ill I was. Mm-hmm. I wanted to write something so ill that you could not understand it, but you had you couldn't deny it at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it was being a little bit of a jerk in a sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I think that, that hip hop is a microcosm of who we are as people. So I think that at that stage in my life, that I was a little bit of a jerk.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so I mean, I was I was growing, and I think that like, in adolescence, a lot of us are jerks to so our yes. parents. You know what I mean? So, I, And I think it was a learning process. So, so I grew through that. I said, I don't like that aspect. Let me um, write things in a way that I am really trying to express what I'm trying to express not, and, and not dumbing it down. You know what I mean? Like at all, ever, but just really trying to express because who are you trying to talk to? If you're trying to talk to yourself then you didn't even have to write anything on a page. You're gonna just listen to yourself your mind's eye. You know, in your mind's ear. You know, so so I started really enjoying the idea of being succinct and saying something really powerful in very few words. Like I really like haikus now.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, So for me now, like the 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 writing is just whatever needs to be covered by by my own um, desire of expression. And it, so it doesn't have to be lyrical. It doesn't have to be necessarily succinct. It's just whatever feels right mm-hmm. for that piece of music, which I like.
1: Yeah. That's what's, uh, that's how it yeah. should be, I yeah. think. See, that's growth. You were malleable
0: <laughs> in your <laughs> songwriting. <laughs> <laughs> what I did I Yes. <laughs> so you and Danon had Up A Notch, the group that you formed. I feel like over the course of, of knowing the two of you, I've watched you Really sharpen each other, and both climb to different levels in your education, in your involvement in your community. That's a really powerful thing. Like I feel like more young people need to have that that counterpart, that kind of helps push them through. And you're. You're, you're both learning together and growing together and make making mistakes together and you're human together, so nobody's looking at you thinking like, trying to make you grow up beyond or, or faster than you should. You're like ascending together, you know? And I've been impressed just watching you both kind of achieve different echelons of success. So you guys came together and, and made your group up a notch.
2: All right, so you just gave a good rundown of how our experience being cousins and growing with one another and sharpening Mm -hmm. So I mentioned those conversations that, that we would have exchanging verses and sharing music. Oftentimes he was in Florida, I was in New York, I was in Puerto Rico, he was in New York, you know, so we weren't in the same places at the same time. So, we were in music artistically as well as academically, we were a support system to one another. We had other people supporting us academically and musically, but within each other, the, we had both of those components both the academic desire to um, uh, achieve certain things him with the law, me with um, engineering, and we had this connection musically as well. And so, we realized that other people didn't necessarily have that. Mm. And so, Epidemics grew out of that to be a support system for artists who also have academic um, goals and endeavors that they maneuver through.
0: I had the pleasure of being a part of Epidemics for some years, and actually it came at a time when like, I needed something. It was right after my brother Dustin died. And it really did feel, I remember coming back and like the way everybody just like welcomed me back and calling me big sis. And you know, like it was a a real family type vibe and real free creatively. And it was really dope the way that they had the opportunity to get in the studio and create an album and see how it all runs down. And I feel like a lot of kids would never see that until who knows when, maybe by that point, they don't even wanna make music anymore. But to have that opportunity and to have people really believe in them and give of their time and effort in that way, was really powerful. And y'all had a whole lot of people coming in talking to them about various things, you know? It was was a really beautiful environment. I'm always grateful that I was a part of that. It would be cool to talk a bit about how you got into engineering
2: um, in life, experience begets pathway. And it doesn't necessarily have to be your experience. It can be the experience of those around you. Mm-hmm. And they have the effect of guiding you knowingly or unknowingly towards um, some of your interests a lot of the time. So I say that to say that a bunch of my uncles, family members were interested in in science, technology, engineering, mathematics, um, I had um, I have uncles who flew planes mm-hmm. uh, and fixed aircraft, mm-hmm. you know, and did a bunch of things related to physics, um, engineering, thermodynamics. And so since I would sit in the midst of all of this experience, it just had to rub off on me, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I was already inquisitive. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of wanted to learn more and more and more. I went to, this is the long, probably the longest name that you'll ever hear for, uh, <laughs> for an elementary school. I went to Space Science and Math Academy, um, PS 127 in Queens, New York.
1: That's a very If well, you can spell it, you can graduate, okay?
2: And that automatically connected me to uh, going to aviation high school. The um, the guidance counselor at, at 127 wasn't really trying to let me, wasn't trying to help me get into aviation high school. My mother came up to the school and fought, two for now, um, and she also spoke with Mr. Rivera, who was no longer with us, um, who was a teacher who helped me get into aviation because he had that connection. Thankful to my mother all the way, and thankful to Mr. Rivera for allowing that path, the first day of orientation, my mother made me wear a suit.
1: <laughs> we're clean in here.
2: Like a suit. Like this is like we're gonna be use we're gonna be using um, coveralls to be working on aircraft. You know what right. I mean? Like my <laughs> mm-hmm. made me. Wear a suit. Yeah. So once I got into aviation, it was like really really hands on. It was a lot more of the theory of aircraft as well. And I just really liked building things, fixing things, troubleshooting, and all of those things. It was weird because. The ratio of boys to girls was eighteen to one, and I didn't I didn't like that.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like but, but, not good odds. Yeah, not good odds at all. <laughs> For a lot of reasons. Yeah, I
2: had, had to go. I had to go outside of, of school to have a nice viable situation. However, um, <laughs> viable. <laughs> uh,
0: <I think> that, <laughs>
1: Yes. There's some areas I'm not malleable.
2: (laughs) You know, um, I think that still though, aviation was just um, a really, really good situation for me. A lot of my friends um, from high school were still really, really close. We put things together for the community. We hang out, we chill. And they're from different parts of New York City, from the Bronx, Brooklyn, Uptown, uh, Manhattan, Harlem as well as Queens but I don't know that I would have necessarily gotten the experience of meeting people exactly like them and um, the, going to other schools that were in Queens and closer to where I was living at the time. So I really enjoy the experience of getting to know this particular group of friends and going through um, certain things together and growing our knowledge.
1: What Just what I'm getting up until now is accountability, having a group of people that you were accountable to and you and you held accountable as well, was a big deal for you growing up. Absolutely, yeah. That's a lost art, I feel like. Friends don't hold each other accountable.
2: Yeah, please. I like the way that you phrased that too, because it's not only academics, right? It's also like uh, your scruples and and how you relate to people, how to move in certain situations, loyalty, honesty, sacrifice, and all those things relate to being held accountable and holding others accountable. So I like the way that you phrased it, it just made it beyond academia.
1: Yeah, like I never related, until you started talking earlier, I never related the word accountability to academics and, it should yeah. go together, absolutely. Um, in a healthy, in a healthy situation, and you see what happens. Like you, not only have gone far with the things that you've wanted to do, but you've also turned around and made sure that other people um, had the same thing. You understand the value of it, hmm. and that's I think I think that's beautiful. Thank you. That's beautiful.
0: Thank you for listening to Side Note. We hope you're inspired by this conversation. Please check the description box for links mentioned during the episode and to contact us. We love hearing from you.